1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape presented to you in partnership, a weird partnership by Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from BTB. He is Brandon Lee Gowden, a.k.a. BLG from BGN. Brandon, how goes it? How is your Wednesday taking care of you so far?
2: RJ, it is draft week, so we're here, and there's no time to dilly-dally, so we have to get right into it. That's right. Uh, Last week was uh,
1: the introductory episode. You know, we talked about ourselves and our lives and like what led us to want to start this. But this week we mean business, which is why we brought in the businessman himself, Ed Valentine, manager, editor in chief, head honcho, just ultimate extraordinary person from Big Blue View SB Nation's home for New York Giants content. Ed was kind enough to sit in with us now to talk about his favorite division in the National Football
3: League, his favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, and a bunch of other yahoos. Ed, how goes it? It's good. It's good, man. If I listen to BLG, there's there's no time for socializing. There's no time for being friendly. Seriously. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, I know Eagles fans and all that are, are not the friendliest types in the world, but come on, BLG. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're all enemies here, so uh, we're missing oh, the Washington oh, person. But uh, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, no we'll, 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 we'll do our best to get along for a few minutes, though.
1: Ed, I'll, I'll 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 be kind. What's What's the last movie you watched, Ed? Like, you know, tell me about your life. Um, my My <laughs> wife and I we watched uh, my Octopus Teacher. We, we watched My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen this? It won the Oscar for best documentary. It was pretty sick. anybody watch My Octopus Teacher? No, oh, man, I've been watching tape of draft prospects. Come oh. on. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Um so we're all here to talk about the NFC East. Obviously, BLG, you mentioned it. the NFL draft starts tomorrow on Thursday. We are recording on Tuesday, though, so nobody pay attention if we get the dates wrong. Uh, but we'll start uh, with the state of things when it comes to the best team, like I said, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I want both of your thoughts on this. Uh, a lot of BTB listeners have heard mine, obviously. Sean Lee retires from the NFL after 11 seasons. This is not draft-related unless you think it ups the Cowboys' priority in drafting a linebacker, which it doesn't. Uh, Ed, I'll go to you first because Sean Lee's last game that he will have ever played came against the New York Giants. Your thoughts on the general as he came affectionately to be known by Cowboys fans everywhere hanging it up.
3: Hey, really good player for a really long time, you know, hasn't had an impact, you know, for the last, for the last year or two, really, you know, but a guy that, that was, uh, you know, a really good player helped the Cowboys for a long time. Uh, and. You know, I'm, I'm never broken hearted to see NFC's teams lose good players.
1: That's well said. Uh, BLG, you are a Philadelphia loyalist uh, when it comes to all sports teams. Uh, you love the state of Pennsylvania. You kind of have, I don't know if anyone has ever called you out on this. You have this like closet Steelers fandom, I think. Um, I, certain, I certainly think it doesn't hurt that they have this like long storied success against the Cowboys. Uh, but Sean Lee, a Pennsylvania man himself, uh, a Nittany Lion, one of the greatest linebackers in Penn State history. Your thoughts on his career?
2: yeah I always felt like that was kind of a thing earlier in his career like you know he was from Penn State so there was kind of like you know some frustration that the Eagles didn't get him it's not like all Eagles fans are necessarily Penn State's fans but there is a crossover there you know it's kind of middle of the state so it's both like Eagles and Steelers territory uh, Sean Lee himself out from in Pittsburgh so uh, I guess more allegiance that way but I don't know my thing with Sean Lee was like I, we were all just waiting for him to get hurt right like that was the reality uh, and it's sad for his career it's not like we're rooting for it but it's like we were waiting for the shooting to drop it's going to happen every year he's going to get hurt at some point so obviously fantastic player but like we just knew the injury bug was like eventually going to hit him
1: man no respect for sean lee here on the (laughs) nfc east mixtape uh it is what it is but uh it's funny how there's like these prominent penn state players who play in the nfc east but don't play for the eagles obviously saquon barkley now the new york giants but okay fine not enough time uh you know that we're going to spend on sean lee uh but guys jerry jones and the cowboys held their pre-draft press conference on Tuesday. Uh, unlike Kyle Shanahan, they didn't threaten the universe. Um, but Jerry Jones did say something, because you've both seen it. You've both likely seen me chirp about Kyle Pitts as an option for the Cowboys, not that he'll make it there. And this is interesting, because the Cowboys hold the 10th pick, Ed your Giants at 11, BLG, the Eagles right behind them at 12. Uh, but... Jerry Jones said, don't be stupid over your needs, which is an interesting line of thought because if you're not being stupid when it comes to your needs, if Kyle Pitts falls to 10 overall, then you would prioritize him because you're not prioritizing your needs. Ed, your thoughts on Jerry Jones kind of getting with the times. If
3: Kyle Pitts falls to 11 or falls to 10, let's let's if Kyle Pitts falls to 10, you're silly if you don't take him, if he falls to 11, you're silly. If you don't My take him, man. if he falls to 12, you're silly. If you don't take him, Kyle Pitts shouldn't get past four in this draft. Period.
2: PLG. I would really hate to see the Cowboys get Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, you think about that offense, what's it missing? I mean, what, you saw Blake Jarwin at tight end, but like. and that's-
1: Coming off a torn ACL, suffered in week one last year.
2: And I think he's a nice player, but, I mean, Kyle Pitts is a game changer. Big difference there. Big upgrade. And I think it would make sense from my end for the Cowboys to go all in in offense, as I think we talked about a little bit last week here on the NFC Mixtape. Just, like, I know it's a strength already, but, like, it's not like, oh, it's two months too much of a strength. Like I don't think that exists. Like, Make the offense as good as it possibly can. I'm not worried about balance and trying to make the defense better. I would make the offense as possibly as good as it can get. I think, fortunately, Kyle Pitts is not going to be there at number 10. Uh, just really, what, what an awful development for the city of Philadelphia, a Philadelphia native, going to the Cowboys and being this great player. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say it doesn't happen, but it would be a nightmare if it did. And it would be
1: funny, um, and I told BLG this last week, because the Eagles obviously originally held the sixth overall pick. And if Kyle Pitts, you mentioned he shouldn't get past four, but if if he does, obviously we all think that Mac Jones or Trey Lance, uh, who was on the ESPN NFL show recently, by the way, uh, that they're going at three. Um, if Justin Fields goes four to Atlanta, I think that that opens the door. Because uh, say Cincinnati takes, you know, Panay Sewell, then say Miami prefers a wide receiver all of a sudden it is possible that Kyle Pitts gets the 10 which would be interesting at the least to kind of see how the Cowboys handle that uh my last you know, bit of news and and we'll roll through the division as a whole before we get to some kind of draft overall questions. Um, There's lots of rumors and reports, as you've both seen with regards to every team in the NFL. On Monday, there were reports that the Cowboys, if they don't land Patrick Sertan with the 10th overall pick out of Alabama, uh, BLG and others thoughts that the Eagles could jump up to get him. That's one of many different rumors uh, that they would want to trade back. And obviously, a lot of that would depend on what quarterbacks are falling. Uh, Would either of you rather see the Cowboys draft before or ahead of your two teams? Like would, would you be upset if they traded back and they picked up a lot of capital Ed? I mean, or, or are you fine with, you know, being right behind the Cowboys as a giants fan?
3: Well, it's, it's really an interesting thing with the giants sitting at 11, because I don't think it would upset me if they picked, I think they, they would probably pick, uh, either Patrick Sertan or JC Horn, you know, from the way that, uh, the way that that I see how things are unfolding which if the giants want to do that would still leave them one of the two top corners in the draft i just see a lot of different ways that the giants can go so whatever the cowboys do at 10 and and we'll get into the eagles a little bit more but what you know but if the eagles really want to go and jump up and you know jump up to 7 or 8 That's that's not going to bother me that much either, because I really Mm. don't think it changes the Giants options all that much.
1: Spoken like a man with some
2: confidence. BLG. For me, I think the Cowboys are at an interesting spot because we all know the Giants don't trade down. Specifically, Gabe Gettleman does not trade down. So, I don't think like it's like teams are trying to get to 11 to get ahead of the Eagles pick because they know the Giants don't trade down. So, if they're trying to get ahead of the Eagles, that means they're going to the Cowboys pick at number 10, because I think a trade down is more realistic for Dallas. Uh, that is actually in the cards. And, you know, I, I look at, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens depending on quarterback, could be quarterback. But in terms of the Eagles' interest, if Devontae Smith is there at number 10, There's been rumors about the Arizona Cardinals coming up, trading up potentially for him. Uh, The New England Patriots at 15 could potentially move up. I think they can move up ahead of the Eagles pick and kind of scoop Devontae Smith and make sure the Eagles don't get him. So I would not want Dallas to trade out from that perspective.
1: Mm, I've seen you
2: driving the
1: Eagles should draft Devonte Smith bandwagon um, for a long time now. Devonte Smith also friend of the ESPN NFL show, by the way. Um, okay, that's that's it as far as Cowboys news is concerned. BLG, what is the latest on the worst team in the division?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, not only the worst team in the division, the worst team and one of the worst divisions ever, uh, you know, just really put a bow on that there for the Eagles. But uh, Zach Ertz, who we've all known basically is going to get traded since the end of the season. No secret uh, coming out more definitively now from Adam Kaplan talking about how like basically just guaranteed it's going to happen. He said he is going to be gone uh, by the time the draft is over, which, again, not really a, a total shocker to me or not really a big surprise. It's been pretty clear that Ertz doesn't want to be here. There's been some talk recently in Eagles land about like, oh, you should just keep Zach Ertz. Well, he doesn't want to be here. So you're not really going to keep an unhappy player who wants his way out and is due this big $8.5 million or whatever it is salary. So I don't think the Eagles are going to get much in return for him. But uh, I'm sure you guys probably won't mind Zach Hertz leaving the division. Ed? I know I certainly won't. <laughs> no, I certainly won't. Not at all. I mean,
3: the Giants could never cover Jason Witten. They could never cover Zach Ertz. I'm I'm not sure that they that they recognize that they're supposed to cover tight ends. So, you know, if 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 the Eagles want to get rid of a tight end, that's a good one. That that's fine with me. There are players in in your division
1: that you secretly like, right? That you can't admit that you like, and so mm. if they ever leave. It's an awesome sort of thing that you get to root for them. Ed I experienced this like with Odell Beckham Jr. right like the moment he was traded, it's like awesome. Now now I can enjoy. His talents as a football player, granted, they haven't necessarily been on full display since joining the Browns. Um, I kind of felt this way with Kirk Cousins. BLJ, I know you hate him, but um, I just, you know, there's something about Kirk that I just think is okay. Um, And I really, really, really like Zach Ertz. Like, I just am a big fan of who he is. And so, yeah, I'm pumped about this. Like, get him far away from the Eagles. I think it'd be hilarious. And (laughs) get him far away and let him be awesome so that, like, it's all the egg on Howie Roseman's face. Uh, but I mean the Howie Roseman way is to get egg on his face and then like assert more power within the Eagles organization like that's ultimately what ends up happening
2: is that wrong it is not wrong I think the (laughs) Ertz thing again has just be kind of come I think it's the right move for them to move on just because of like I mean he's really unhappy Um, I just don't think it's really tenable you have Dallas Goddard here so you can't like be sign Ertz because then Dallas Goddard isn't going to want to sign here and I, I just think it's kind of it's unfortunate they've arrived in this situation like the right move now is to trade him but it shouldn't have gotten to this point they should have had more foresight and they should have obviously traded him uh when they had the opportunity to actually get value in the past as opposed to now when he's coming off career worst season and he has this high salary and he wants a new contract and his value is low you know i think he's gonna get traded for a lot less than what people are expecting in terms of Eagles fans, and then just league wide. Like I think the Eagles might have to just like package him with a pick to move up on like day three or something. It's not going to be this big return. And interestingly
1: enough, uh, you mentioned Jason Witten a couple of times has now retired twice from the NFL. Uh, Zach Ertz seemingly gone from the division or just about gone one foot out the door, so to speak, but the giants kind of sneakily snuck in and now have the oldest tight end in the division in Kyle Rudolph went like, you know, so now like what was Jason Witten and not really Zach Ertz, is Kyle Rudolph. That's the Jason Garrett way, though. I mean, Jason Garrett wants his really old, really slow tight end in the middle of his offense.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice way to put it, RJ. Nice way to put it. You know, I, I actually kind of like the Kyle Rudolph signing for the Giants, and I know that he's he's had foot surgery here, and and I don't know what his availability is going to be through training camp and all of that, but I like the Rudolph signing. Probably because of what you just said, probably because of Jason Garrett, because I'm not sure that Evan Ingram is the type of tight end that Jason Garrett really wants. And it's not not necessarily (laughs) old and slow. It's not necessarily that, but Jason Garrett wants the more traditional tight end he wants the guy that can run the stick routes he wants the guy that can run you know his y option his short stuff and 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 that's not what Evan Ingram does I mean catching the football is not necessarily what Ingram does well either but but I think that Kyle Rudolph is a guy that that fits more of what Garrett wants you know when he puts his offense together
1: I agree with that. Um, I think this I'm exaggerating a bit, but Evan Ingram is like a Mustang and Jason Garrett's at the car dealership. It's like, no way Uh, uh-uh. I need, I need four doors on the car. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be going 60 miles an hour max, right? Like maybe <laughs> uh on the right lane of the highway. And then, you know, I'm, I'm hugging the shoulder the whole time. Like I'm just, I'm getting in, I'm making my run to Costco, picking you're, up Chick-fil-A on the way home. And that's, you're, that's my, you're,
3: you're saying he drives like the old lady who can barely see over the steering wheel. No, I think he, um,
1: I think he's like a step above that, uh, but he's close. I mean, like, and like his hands never leave like 10 and two position. You know what I mean? He is. He's the same guy all the time. Uh, BLG, are there any bits of, of other news in Eagles land as you affectionately refer to it?
2: Well, I want to push back on the the Kyle Rudolph thing. A bit here because <laughs> th- this quote that came up, uh, we are the Giants. We're going to do everything with class. We in agreement, Ronnie signed off on it doc rodeo signed off on it so we were fine so that was obviously in reference to the the whole thing where kyle rudolph's deal was potentially like in jeopardy it seemed like at least at one point you know with the with the injury and everything so uh like can you just spare me like ed i know you're gonna push back on this or you might or you might might not we'll see but like i don't want to hear the giants talking about how they have so much class i mean this is like one of the worst teams in football for years now i think it's like only like what they It might not be the Browns. It's like there's like only a certain amount of teams have like fewer wins than the Giants do since like 2011, since the last time they lifted the Lombardi trophy. I don't want to hear how like the Giants are like the bastion of the NFL and like class right now. Am I wrong for thinking that? (laughs) Oh, how do I answer this one? How do I answer this one?
3: (laughs) The Giants continue to have a picture of what they want to be. I mean, they're an original NFL franchise. They continue to have a picture of what they, of what they are. Um, they haven't lived up to their own standard in recent years, you know, quite, quite obviously. And maybe that wasn't the best way for Dave Gettleman to, to, to put it. Um, it's really interesting. Cause I always, I often think that Gettleman is his worst enemy just because of the way that he says some of the things that he says. And, you know, sometimes New York media, New York fans get upset about Gettleman because he doesn't talk to the media enough. Every time he talks to the media, I wish he would talk to us less. (laughs) 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 Because of the way he said, you know, because of... There's always things that, that he says that are like, Dave, why did you say it that way? A year ago, he drafted three offensive linemen and he said we're fixing this offensive line once and for all. And then they had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And I'm like, Dave, I wish you hadn't put it that way, <laughs> you know? But the Giants have a picture of what they are, and maybe that's not necessarily 100% accurate. But but what are you complaining about, BLG? We've been nice to you guys for years now. We just keep letting you trample us. So, you know, what, what, are, what are you complaining about?
1: I do think um- – I guess to both of your points, the Giants right now, Ed, like culturally are the family who like has nothing but chaos going on in their home. You know what I mean? But like companies coming over, you know, so it's like clean this crap up, you know, like whatever. No, everybody be on your best behavior. uh, You know, make sure you're using utensils when you eat the dinner when they're over. Like, don't say anything to embarrass us. And they're trying to present this image of who they are all the time. uh, But it really isn't that way. Um, I don't know. Maybe that analogy fell short, but I guess, I mean, look, the, the I don't want us to spend a bunch of time all upset and all up in a tizzy over Kyle Rudolph. Uh, no, <laughs> no disrespect intended towards him, Ed uh, BLG, any other bits of news and notes for the Eagles pertaining to the draft itself?
2: Uh, not really. Other than the Eagles might take quiddy pay coming from oh, the scene. Right. We can, we can get into this more when we're doing the picks. Uh, like who do you, who do you want to see your rival take? Who do you not want to see him take? But, uh, that coming, kind of coming out on Tuesday, coming from a, a, a source who I know is well plugged in with the Eagles and also had the Eagles taking Jalen Rager last year. So, you know, there's a lot of buzz out there as there is any time of the year before the draft. And you don't always know what to make of it because you hear conflicting stuff all the time. But uh, we did a, a draft for VGN Radio, Jimmy Kemsky, my my partner in crime. Uh, where we drafted in a snake draft like the Eagles most likely first-round picks. And I took Quiddy Pay number one because it's just that classic outsmart yourself kind of Eagles pick. So Mm -hmm. uh, I hope I'm wrong about that. But uh, the the only thing I uh, saw elsewise in the uh, division news-wise, RJ, I mean, you want to get to the Giants here. I didn't have anything for them. Where do you want to go from here? Because Washington did have something they did today.
1: Well, before we get to Washington, I guess Ed, what what do we need to know as as it stands, I mean, we're now approximately 30 or so hours and people are listening to this away from the draft. What what is the latest thing in in the Giants
3: churn of information going on right now? Well, the first thing I'm going to say quickly is BLG, I hope Quitty Pay is there for you at 12. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really do. I like Quitty Pay. Nice guy, seems like a nice kid, seems like he'll sure. be a a pretty good player, all of that. I just he would not be my favorite pick for the Giants um the interestingly the big the big thing for the Giants that has that has really come out recently is something that when the Giants signed a Dory Jackson and you guys can you guys can debate whether they overpaid him we love the signing by the way
1: Ed so we're we're big fans
3: okay okay good so they signed a Dory Jackson And they've got a Dory Jackson and James Bradbury. And when they did that, in my draft calculations and looking at who they might take at 11, I erased all of the cornerbacks from consideration at 11. Mm. And now I think that was a mistake because we're hearing a lot of, you know, Patrick Sertan, which makes sense because of Joe Judge's connections at Alabama. And we're hearing a lot of the organization loves J. C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. And at first blush, it's like, well, where would he play? But there's also, if you think about the New England Patriots from the last few years, there are teams in New England was always at the forefront of this, building their defenses now from back to front rather mm-hmm. than from front to back. And there are analytics that back that theory. And if let's say both wide receivers, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell are gone at eleven, that makes some sense to me to to lean into that because Patrick Graham loves to play a lot of man to man. He loves to be aggressive. He loves to send a fifth guy sometimes. So it would it makes more sense than I thought a few weeks ago. And but that's the that's really the the quote unquote newsy thing at this point is is really that I think cornerback is getting more love from the Giants th- than I thought.
1: Yeah, I think you look back to like that 2014 New England team ed with Brandon Browner kind of at the tail end of his career and Darrell Revis, obviously a big reason why they won the Super Bowl. Um I, I thought that the same logic you apply to the Giants, I applied to the Broncos when they landed Kyle Fuller. I, at that point, I thought, oh, okay, well, Patrick Sertan's definitely making it to the Cowboys because Denver's sitting at nine and they don't, they no longer have the need. But to your point, I suppose anybody could go any direction. Uh, BLG, do you think it's possible that both Patrick Sertan and JC Horn are gone when the Eagles are on the clock at 12?
2: Yeah, I do. I've seen like a number of scenarios. It wasn't even one uh too long ago. I think it was might have been Todd McShea had one where it's really the nightmare scenario for the Eagles, where like all three wide receivers are gone, you know, being uh Chase, Waddle, Smith, and then both Horners and Sertan and Horn are gone. It is pretty realistic, especially I think more so if you have teams trading up there uh to get in range for those guys, which I think they could be realistic trade up targets. So yeah, I think that's totally possible. I, I don't know about the Giants taking one of them. Uh, cornerback there, but um, because I've heard some things and maybe we can touch on that about the Giants, uh, which direction they might go, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's within reason.
1: Okay, before we get to where teams could go or we're afraid they'll go or whatever, uh, BLG, you mentioned it the the lone bit of news with regards to the Washington football team. Um, I think we're all very excited about this. Uh, Ed, you've experienced this, um, in a more painful sense, uh, but BLG, go ahead and tell us uh, the newest member of the football team.
2: Yeah, the football team reacquired. Eric Flowers, who I thought actually kind of did good for them. I thought like you know, for as much as Eric Flowers was known as a bust, and I think rightfully so in New York playing at tackle. Like he he moved to guard in Washington, and I believe it was so it was t- 2019, and like he was fine. Like I thought he he, just, he he looked totally fine there. Washington's offensive line that was like fine with him in there. He was not a disaster. Now he got overpaid by May- Miami. Clearly, that was like way too much of a payday for him to get. But like. I see why he got that. It wasn't like he went to Washington and he was terrible and then Miami paid him, but now clearly uh, didn't take too much for Washington to acquire him, just swapped uh, late. I think they only, Washington moved uh, up like, or down, sorry, like 14, 14 picks. spots. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not too much there, but uh, I think it's a solid move for them.
1: It reminds me of like in Madden when you would just go sign a free agent that you didn't need like in your franchise mode just to trade them. You know what I mean? Like just just to pick up draft capital because the computer was dumb and you could do that. Ed, are you at all nervous about Eric Flowers returning to the division? Wait a minute.
3: Wait a minute. <laughs> this is 2021, right? It is. That's I it. am on a podcast in 2021 talking about Eric Flowers. Yeah. Come uh, Really? <laughs> oh, my Lord. I I, I thought I was completely done talking about eric flowers uh i don't i don't know i mean it's it's a blip on the radar radar screen eric flowers showing up in washington really doesn't matter that much to me to be honest with you i i got a chuckle out of the fact that that a team that had him would want him back. Actually, but, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. But but yeah, I can't believe it's 2021 and I'm talking about Eric Flowers.
1: All right. OK, well, you know, well said. <laughs> um, in fact, that's so well said that we're going to take a very quick break because we have some questions to get into. So nobody go anywhere. We're Going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our
0: sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. V-A-N-29-dot-com.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. BLG, it is time. I know you have some questions that you are very excited for Ed and I to get to. They better be good. They better be great. So um, go ahead and start us off.
2: Yeah, so who is the one, Like, and obviously this question is phrased in reality. We're talking about realistic picks here. Who is the one player you would Each most hate to see your division rival teams draft? Like, who who do you not want these other teams to get? Do you want us to pick one for every team? Like, we're doing that much work, or are we only picking one player? It's up to you. You
1: tell me. Okay. Ed, you're the guest. I'll allow you to go first.
3: Well, I will say this because, I mean, really, it applies to the Dallas Cowboys because they're the ones sitting right in front of the Giants. And and if I'm the Giants, you know, I want the option of picking Rashawn Slater. I want the option of picking Jalen Waddle. I want the option of, of picking Patrick Sertan. So I would kind of I I guess I would hate to see out of all of those choices, I think the guy I really want for the Giants is is Jalen Waddell. I think I I don't think Dallas would ever do it. But I would hate to see – I would hate to get my hopes up for Jalen Waddle, and then have Dallas, you know, do something silly like take him out from under me. So
1: I think we all agree that the, like, true smash the glass panic button scenario is Washington gets, like, Justin Fields, right? Like, So, like, we're saying, like, yeah. that, is a, that is a separate aside here. Um, I think – and so, like, listening to your your logic layout – what sucks is that all three of the teams that we represent are picking in the top 12. So like they're all walking away with a baller, right? Like that's, that's the super unfortunate part. Um, and I'm grateful that I don't have to watch one of your teams, like pick one, but I promise you that both of you are going to say like, whoever the Cowboys put together, you're going to say, Oh, that's the one we wanted the least, right? Like that's like, we really, really actually didn't want that guy. Uh, we wanted all these players more. Well, hasn't, uh, but-
3: hasn't every general manager ever. Always gotten the first round pick that he absolutely entered the draft wanting, whether he picked first
2: or thirty-first,
3: hasn't he always gotten the player he wanted? That's a good point.
2: They were number one on his board, actually.
3: Of course. (laughs) Uh, Um
1: so and what's more is like if they pick in the second, round, it's like, well, we had a first round grade on this guy, you know, so everybody, you know, applaud us. But um, it's I think it's an interesting twist if you look at it from the Cowboys perspective and that it is terrifying to me because you're right. Ed, like it doesn't make sense for Dallas to draft Jalen Waddle, although there's one school of thought like he's the best player. Just draft him and figure it out later, um, you know, whatever you want to do. But I mean, I get it. People aren't down for that. But like it's terrifying to consider passing on him. Right. Or passing on Rashawn Slater or passing or taking Patrick Sertan over JC Horn or vice versa. And then seeing the other one go within the division and then not only being wrong, but being reminded that you're wrong twice a year from one of your most hated rivals. Um so that being said, BLG last week talked about, and I agree with him, neither of us is like a super doubter in Daniel Jones. Like we're not super optimistic believers either, but we believe there's something to work with there. I think my true terrifying I have one for each of you, I guess, is. The Giants ending up with Jalen Waddell and then offensively because Jason Garrett, while you can be a mess, is not the worst offensive mind in the world. Um, and so that could potentially get figured out. And on the Eagles side, it would be them trading up to nine or eight and taking one of the corners and Dallas having to settle for the other one. Because I know I would square it in my mind and say, oh, thank, thank goodness, you know, they made the choice easy, whatever. But if that corner ended up being the better one, I would be so upset for a long time.
2: So for me, I'll run through each team. Uh, Quiddy Pay for the Eagles for me would be the. Uh, <laughs> well, the I know worst we're answering case. on
1: behalf of our own teams, either. I mean, you well, know, that's... you can
2: you can throw that in there too. But uh, I'm going to put that in there just because this is a guy who has like 11 and a half sacks in four years at Michigan, one force fumble. Turns 23 as a rookie, which is on the older side. By contrast, Aziz Ojulari, who I know Ed has talked about as a potential Giants target, is 20. The time of the draft, just want to give the age perspective there. But for looking at the rest of the division, which was the question, uh, I think Sewell. Falling to the Cowboys and them getting him or even if they take Slater, I think that's actually the worst case for me. I know that like might be a contrarian answer because I think a lot of people like say cornerback would be. But I think, you know, they're going to get one of those. Um, And I I think it's the smartest thing for them to invest in the offensive line as opposed to trying to make the defense better. I'd be much more worried about the offense potentially being even better than the defense, like marginally upgrading Uh, for the Giants. Devontae Smith. If he is on the Giants instead of the Eagles, that would make mm. me very sad. I've seen quite a few mock drafts that have that happening. It would it would hurt too. Just like the pick right before, like that, it would sting so bad. I I'd probably hate that the most out of anything. Although like uh, sneakily, quietly, I think Washington could be in like a really good position to get someone who falls unexpectedly. And not talking about fields, which you touched on RJ already, even putting that aside. If there's an offensive tackle that falls down there, could be like an Elijah Vera Tucker, or it could right. be even like a Christian Dariusol. If that fall, if they like, I think they're in a good spot to have someone just fall to them, and that would feel a really big need for them. So that would be a really good pick for them. It wouldn't be like like the kind of disaster that it would be. The Giants taking Devontae Smith for me, but it would be quietly like, oh man, that's like a really smart move and good move for them.
1: And who's the Washington player you don't oh, want? Sorry, who's but, the but, player that? Oh, the player yeah, that Chris- I don't want blg I, mentioned quitty pay and for what it's worth daniel jeremiah mocked him to the cowboys like two weeks ago so i i share a little bit of that concern but who's the one guy that you don't want for the giants
3: i hope to god quitty pay's mother doesn't listen to this show nothing <laughs> <laughs> personal
1: wow okay I, what, if, all uh, right if, if it was somebody that wasn't him just for the purposes of like casting a wider net who, who else do you do you hate who else is on ed's list
3: all right so we talked about the wide receivers blg knows because he's been reading big blue view very smart man that you are (laughs) blg you understand that that if if i was going to pick an edge rusher at 11 it would be azizo jolari yep i think the pick that i would hate at 11 and i think there's actually two of them as good a player as he is I'm nervous about Micah Parsons just because I don't know Mm. about the, uh, about the character concerns. I just don't have that information. And, and I'm just not sure how Micah Parsons fits with a no nonsense guy like Joe judge. But the other, the other pick, I think at 11, that would bother me, you know, just so we'll stay off Quiddy pay and stop picking on him for a little while. (laughs) I like Elijah Vera Tucker. I like Hmm. him very much. But I'm of the opinion that if you're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker, you don't do it at 11 because I think there are simply better football players that will be available. I think if he's the guy that you want, and it makes sense for the Giants to to absolutely make sure that they come out of this draft with a player who at the very least is a plug-and-play starting guard. But I think if you're going to go get Elijah Vera Tucker, you trade down to 15 with New England or you trade down to 16 with Arizona or, you know, you you make some sort of a move down the board, which is the anti-Gettleman thing to do, of course.
1: Man, you guys are like, you know, BLG, you took Quiddy Pay and Ed wanted him. And I wanted to say Micah Parsons. Um, I mentioned the Cowboys held their pre-draft press conference on Tuesday And they have really dodged all questions about picking up Leighton Vandress's fifth-year option, which they have to do by next week, obviously. And I don't think they're going to do it. That's just my own personal opinion because you're you're seeing all these other fifth-year options get picked up, like, left and right. I mean, Stephen Jones said on Monday on the radio that they were going to talk about it after the draft. It's like, dude, you know, just – you could be honest. You're not going to do it. You know, like, if you're (laughs) – there's, like, three days between the draft and and the deadline – um, so Micah Parsons would feel like really trying to like make amends and the Cowboys have been awful at drafting linebackers I mean Leighton van Der Esch aside that took Jalen Smith to the 34th overall pick five years ago so that would really terrify me in terms of just like overall sunk costs at one position uh, but for the purposes of being different, something else that Jerry Jones mentioned in the pre-draft press conference was all the concerns they had about medicals and and you talked about Elijah Barry Tucker and maybe trading back and if if the Cowboys traded back it would sting less but, I would still be terrified if they drafted Caleb Farley. Um, there's, there's, you know, legitimacy to that idea. And I feel for him, obviously, as a prospect. And, you know, it always sucks whenever a player is, like, dealing with something like that and people are using, you know, injuries like that against him. Um, but even if the Cowboys j- jump back to 20 with Chicago, say Chicago wanted to come up and get whatever quarterback it was, and say they picked up a second-round pick this year or a first-round pick next year, although I don't think that's likely, even in spite of that, I would, you know, we would we would try to tell ourselves like, oh, they really walked away with the best corner in the draft. But I mean, I, you know, the, these these rolls of the dice is, haven't worked out for them. Jalen Smith is one example. Um, and and I, it, Jerry Jones sounded against that, so I'm encouraged. But that's maybe my like absolute worst case scenario. So
2: it's you funny know, can you say I, that. Because-
3: can I throw in one more since you mentioned oh, wow. injury if you, guys? If you want
1: to hate all over dudes, Ed, go ahead.
3: No, I don't want to hate all over dudes, but but another one, you mentioned injury concerns, and it made me think about Giants and Edge Rusher and Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Mm-hmm. I think he he might be the most talented edge rusher in the entire class, but he may also be the biggest gamble because he's one bad hit away from another concussion that that might end his football career you know he lost what a year and a half to concussions you know in college as it is and and just that that history you know scares me to death it would it would be such a huge roll of the dice for anyone who takes him especially you know early in the first round that you love
2: the talent but it's like at 11 uh i It would really make me nervous, I couldn't do it. I agree on Jalen Phillips. I think the risk is too big, just even like from a a standpoint of like what if he suffers another serious injury? maybe it's not even a concussion or it is, and he just decides to leave you know because he's just been through so much like I just think like you know I think the the threshold for him to kind of reach the point of like I just need to walk away and like do what's right for my life like isn't very high. um but it's funny r j and some of these were we already touched on, but I kind of want to flip this question, make it like you know who is the best pick. Like, who do you want to see other teams take, ideally, that you wouldn't be, like, scared about Be like, oh, phew, they took that guy. Um, To me, I'll start it off with the Cowboys because you mentioned it, RJ. uh, I put Caleb Farley in there because, like, the back stuff that's come up with him in terms of the injury is, like, really scary. And I don't think the Cowboys would take him at 10, but you mentioned, like, potential trade down. Uh, Just cornerback in general, I'm okay with them going that way because while I think it fixes a hole, I just think I'd rather them – Not go offensive line, so I'd be okay with corner with the Giants. I have heard Micah Parsons in play Mm. for the Giants at number 11, so take that for what you will. But uh, I think that is definitely a realistic possibility of happening. I mean, Dave Gettleman did once say that positional value is a crock, uh, so and we know he's not going to trade down, so I think Parsons could be in play there. Also, very wishful thinking for me. Obviously, the Eagles, I want them to take Devontae Smith. I'm not worried about the weight thing at all. This is a guy who like ranked top five in yards per route run against press coverage in 2019 and 2020. This is a guy who doesn't get hurt despite being only 166 pounds. This is a guy who shined the brightest out of very good teammates. Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith was the shining star from that group. So he won the Heisman. Don't overthink it. Eagles take him. And then for Washington, a little bit harder to figure this one out for me. But I said like Zavin Collins, just like a linebacker, a position that, doesn't really seem to like move the needle for them in a big way would be ideal for me. What about you guys? Um and you go first.
3: All right, I'm going to agree with BLG on the pick for Dallas because mm. if they want to go if they want to go corner, you know, it would be Caleb Farley and 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 probably Micah Parsons. I would put both of them in yeah. there. Um for the Eagles BLG, I'm going to give you the guy that you want. I'm going to say, you know, I want you to have I want you to have Devontae Smith to pick because because I love it. If I because if I'm the Giants and I'm sitting there and I have a choice between Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, I want Jalen Waddle. I want the home run. I want the punt return. I want the dynamic home run hitter. To be honest with you, I want the guy that was the better player at Alabama before he fractured his foot. Period. I want that guy, and I also want the guy who reminds me the most in this draft of Deshaun Jackson because I want to do that to you guys for a few <laughs> years.
1: <laughs> wow, there's a lot of consternation here. I'm tempted to say um I'm tempted to say that I want that right like i because i would also love the like endless mm. complaining of like who's the fifth best receiver in the nfc east behind amari cooper michael gallup <laughs> cd lamb and cedric wilson um but and that's the other thing like i would love each of these two teams trying to chase what cd Lamb is for the cowboys so that would be a lot of fun um michael parsons is an easy answer obviously um i think for the cowboys i there's a lot like I can talk myself into a number of directions but I think the safest one and that's what I really want here I don't ever want to look back at what was it like it's painful enough when you look back at like a 19th overall pick that sucks because it's still a first round pick but a top 10 pick I don't want them to botch and that's why I really just want Patrick Sertan just take the high floor just you know hit your ground rule double and be satisfied with it and move on and live to fight another day you can swing for the fences somewhere else if you want to trade up with one of your other nine picks in the second round go ahead and do that but be smart when it comes to this pick um and i in that respect like it's it's tough saying goodbye to jc horn but i think this is the safest possible route for them um if i'm mixing things up a little bit i kind of now want to see Devonte smith go to new york and jaylen waddo go to <laughs> philadelphia uh just because like that would be a lot of fun to sort of work around. I think I would love to see, Ed, for the reason you said, Elijah Vera Tucker go to the Giants. Um, and just just to hear about how Dave Gettleman, if he hadn't been so opposed to trading down that he could have walked away with him and picked up more capital, that would be a lot of fun. Um BLG in a weird way if the Cowboys did take Patrick Sertan I would love to see the Eagles walk away with JC Horn because I'm not you know unfamiliar with the Eagles and Cowboys walking away with a player at the same position that kind of sounds like cornerback in the same class and the Cowboys getting a player that's 500 times better than what the Eagles got um, so I would love to see that as far as Washington is concerned and I know you didn't have an answer and I feel badly about this because he and I went to the same school and he will be on the ESPN Nation NFL show this week so shout out to him he was a delightful interview i would love to see washington like reach for kellen mond that would be awesome like i would love the first five quarterbacks to go maybe by 15 or you know whatever and washington to panic and say we have to walk away we really want that fifth year option let's take kellen mond and we've got our quarterback of the future that would be a really fun thing for me
2: uh, this ties into my final question that I had for you guys, and I think we can go through each of our own teams here. Like, let's rank the three options of trade up, trade down, or stay put in terms of likeliness. I think for each team, I think that's an interesting thing to do. Do you, do you guys get what I'm saying there? So,
1: but you're talking likeliness, like o- overall most yeah. prob most probable to least probable.
2: Yeah, most like so one, two, and three rank trade up, trade down, or stay put as your most likely three things.
1: Mr. Valentine, will you please go first?
2: So you
3: want to go just uh, for me, just for the Giants? Yes. Yeah. All right. So it's Dave Gettleman. It's the <laughs> 11th overall pick. All right. So it's trade down. also
1: the down. 11th hour in some respects. So
3: so trade down has to be the least likely option. Although when I sit here, you you can make an argument that it might be the best option, that it might be mm-hmm. the best scenario. I mean, if, you know, depending again on, you know, who's on the board, how far down you want to go, I've I've gone through a million scenarios and depending on what you get back, I think the Giants could justify going down as far as 20 to the Bears if they get – if Chicago wants a quarterback and they want to come up to 11 and give the Giants a first-round a first pick – I'd be tempted to do that. You know, first-round pick in 2022, I'd be tempted to do that. But I think it's the least likely scenario for the Giants just because of Dave Gettleman's history. Um, I think trade up is something that you can never, ever rule out with Dave Gettleman. He's probably done that at least in eight drafts with Carolina and the Giants. I think he's done that at least seven times where he's traded up in the draft to go get a player. I just don't see how it's possible or how it makes any sense for him to do that this time around. He's only got six picks to begin with, and and you don't want to dip into next year. So I don't see how how it makes sense for him to do that. So I think the most likely scenario for the Giants is to sit tight, and take whoever they think is the best player, and and we did. You know, I think it was uh, I think it was it was Peter King who wrote the other day that that there are some who think that Joe Judge likes one of the Alabama wide receivers, and and others who think that Gettleman likes Micah Parsons, and and some who think the best player is, is J.C. Horn. So we don't know how that argument's all going to pan out, but I think the most likely scenario for the Giants is that they make the pick at eleven.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, I'll go next BLG since the Eagles are going to have the worst pick. Um, so I think the least likely scenario for the Cowboys is trading up. Um, I don't think they can justify it in any way. I know that people think that Jerry Jones is infatuated with Kyle Pitts. There's no, there's just no way. And I think that the board, looks like it will fall in a way to where they're going to walk away with a really talented player. And I, and that's the case for all three of these teams. Honestly, when you, when you're picking that high, which is, you know, shout out to the NFC East for being so terrible last year. Um, So I, I don't think it, it would take, it would take an incredibly low, you know, price for them to move up. I think and so I think that's the least likely Um, I think they're just marginally more likely to sit and make the pick than they are to trade back. And I think I think all of that is what's out of their control Um, with regards to Justin Fields falling or whatever the case may be. I think if the board works a very particular way, and another team is desperate enough, I think that Dallas is the team to come up with. If if you wait past Carolina, because Carolina is such a weird team to try to figure out here, like maybe they do want to take a quarterback, whatever. Um, But so I think that they could potentially trade back. And if the reports are true, that they really would trade back specifically if Patrick Sertan is off the board, then fine, trade back and do whatever you want. Um, And I won't be too upset about it, obviously pick up as much compensation. But I think that they they had so much go wrong last year. I mean, like injuries and weird crap, and obviously everybody dealt with COVID. And I think that they just want something stable. And I think that they, you know, you don't have to wait that long if you have a top 10 pick. I think they just want to make their pick. They want to get out. They want to consider it a win. And then they want to prep for Friday. So I think it's far more likely than anything, not far more, but I think the most likely thing is that they they take their player with 10 overall.
2: For me, I'm going to say it is in terms of most likely to least likely the Eagles Trade down, number one, again. So you think uh, that's that's
1: most likely?
2: Most likely. Number two, stay put. And number three, trade up. So why trade down again? Well, there's been some talk out there. Todd McShay did like a rumors, like buzz he's hearing uh, column for ESPN this week. And in there, it talked about how the Eagles are kind of putting feelers out there to teams that might want to trade up. Uh, presumably for a quarterback, again, I've mentioned these teams a lot in the past. You're looking at, you know, like Washington potentially, although I don't know about in division trade, but the bears at 20 certainly can make some sense. Maybe a small move, uh, to the Patriots at 15, they're still quarterback. Let's say, you know, Justin Fields is still on the board at number 12 somehow. Uh, so I think that's within the realm of possibility. And I think where you look at where the Eagles are in terms of, they know this isn't an all in year by any means. Like that was part of the reason they traded down from six to 12. I think they are very much in the process of accumulating uh, future picks. I think they would love to get even another first if they can in next year's draft or maybe a day two pick, which I think you could probably get uh, if you're moving down even from just 12 to 15. So I think that's the most likely. I think staying put would be number two uh, because I think they should reasonably be able to avoid the nightmare scenario and have one of the three corners or sorry, one of the two corners, one of the three receivers there at 12. I'm not really buying the trade up thing. Like they move down from six, why are they then moving up? Like what are we talking about here? Like like you move down, are you gonna move up again? Like I, I just don't think that's the most r- realistic thing.
1: Okay, well, so we all think. Oh no, you don't think they're sitting and making the pick. You think they're trading down more than anything. So the Eagles are cowards. Ed is what uh, what BLG just said. So. <laughs> the,
3: um... Oh man, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. I can't figure them out. So all I know is. This is a team that won a Super Bowl not that long ago, and then looked like it was set up for a long run of success, and has
2: pretty much self-destructed from within. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's, <laughs> that's part of why the Super Bowl. Like, so I think such so the like a big frustration point where the Eagles are right now is that the Super Bowl, at least to me, speaking for myself, is that. Ideally, the Super Bowl should be this reminder of like your team's greatness and like how well run they are and how, you know, just how better they were than everyone else. And in the moment, that's how it felt. And in a vacuum, that is true. But when you look at the larger context since then, it is very much like the exception and very much like, oh, the team caught lightning in the bottle that year. And actually, they don't know what they're doing. So that's the depressing part of it. But um, I feel like before we wrap, we should all say who we think. Well, we didn't get to Washington. Do we think they are more likely to trade up Stay put no. or move
1: down real quick. They're they're sitting and chilling. They have no okay. creativity. They're, I I don't buy that they're jumping up for a quarterback because I don't think unless it's Justin Fields. Justin Fields yeah. is the only one that I think they're jumping up for. And maybe like at that point, maybe Denver is the spot because maybe they, they do they don't want to trade with one of the division rivals and they view those three spots as, as a spot that Chicago or New England could jump up with. So, uh, but I think they ultimately chill. I don't think they trade back though because they're they're already you know they're past the middle point.
3: So I what do we
2: say? Oh, no, I sorry. was just going to say, and...
3: I would agree with that. I think they're going to sit tight. I mean, unless, unless they make a deal to eight or something for, for Trey Lance, if he happens to be sitting there. Um, but, but that's a long way to jump that that's going to cost them an awful lot, you know, for a guy that's probably not going to play in 2021, that's going to cost them an awful
2: lot of draft picks so i think they sit tight so why don't we say who we think our teams are going to draft starting with rj we'll do it in draft order so we'll go rj ed then me and then we can make a pick for washington as a group mm. it's, it's just Patches who are they're going to draft by the way Patch. not who you want them to draft right. this is who they're going to draft
1: I think that's Patrick Sertan. They've been linked to him. They've reportedly been the team that's talked to him the most, which makes sense positionally with his value. Um, I think it's interesting in the Jason Garrett era, Ed, the Cowboys drafted I think one Alabama player, and it was Bo Scarborough. Um, they would double that in the first two years without him. Obviously, they took Trayvon Diggs last year, uh, Patrick Sertan's you know, fellow corner at Alabama. So uh, And Jason Garrett himself took an Alabama player last year, uh, technically, although not on his side of the ball. But, uh, but yeah, Patrick Sertan and everybody's happy, and then I can't wait to watch YouTube mess it up, but Eddie, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you
3: know the answer to this one already. It's Jalen Waddle. I think mm. the Alabama connection, the fact that that they they were 31st in offense a year ago. Dave Gettleman said the other day that even though they signed Kenny Galladay, you know they want touchdown makers. Uh, you know, I look at the Giants and I think. Galladay has an injury history. Sterling Shepard has an injury history. And even with that big signing, if one of those guys gets hurt,
2: the Giants still don't have enough on the outside. So I think it's Jalen Waddell. So I'm going to say Devontae Smith for the Eagles, even though I had Quiddy Pay in my uh, thing for BGN, because I, I've reached a point where I think the Eagles know that they are getting crapped on hard. Like Howie Roseman is hearing fire Howie chants at Philadelphia Phillies <laughs> games. Like I think they know they can't go with the pick that, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think they might be at a point where they, like, they, they know they can't do the, oh, we're outsmarting everyone. We know better than everyone pick again, like they've done in recent years, as most recently as last year with Jalen Rager. So I think they're going to go with Devontae Smith if he's there, in part because, like, hey, if we get this pick wrong, then people can't say crap because this is who everyone wanted. So not to say that's the best way to do it, but I think uh, I'm going to go with Devontae, which brings us to Washington. I'm going to say Kristen Derrishaw is who they get there. I would say the Derrishaw, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, somebody
3: along that offensive line, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to double down, um, you know, along their offensive line and, and feel like they have enough. I mean, feel like they're they're building in the trenches. And, you know, I, I think that that's really predictable. I do think this is really interesting in that Washington was kind of like the Alabama of the NFC East, right? Like with all their defensive linemen, obviously. And we like, it would be fascinating if, dallas new york and philadelphia went bama 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 like that would i don't know that that's ever happened before in the nfl draft um especially in the first round where three players from the same school went let alone to the same division um so that would be very cool um and and then like think about all the like things we could write about like oh yeah patrick Sertin dominated you know Devonte smith in practices but Jalen waddle got the best of him all the time like, it would be incredible uh so, so um, I I think that that would be fun. Well, Ed, thank you for taking the time to join us. BigBlueView.com, all the best New York Giants stuff in the world. Bleeding Green Nation, your home for all the Philadelphia Eagles content that you need. Obviously, bloggantheboys.com, your home for the best team in the world. The Dallas Cowboys. Ed, we'll give you the last word. These are the last things that anyone's going to hear from anyone in the NFC East before the NFL
3: draft. What do you want them to hear? I want them to hear that. Now that I think of it, I kind of want the Cowboys to draft Patrick Sertain so that we can watch Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith run past him for the next few years.
1: I'll take it. <laughs> that was hurtful. Thanks a lot, Ed. Everybody have a good one. We'll see you next week.